0: Welcome to the Pain Relief Path Podcast, where I dive into the vast world of chronic pain with the occasional help from knowledgeable guests from diverse disciplines that impact your chronic pain. I am your host, Dr. Pan Zhang, physical therapist turned chronic pain coach. I'm here to educate, empower, and encourage you to find your path to a pain-free life. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome back to a pain relief path. My name is Dr. Pan Zhang, and I am a chronic pain coach. You've been in pain for months, years, even maybe decades, which is why you're on this channel and you clicked on the video titled, what is pain? You know what pain feels like, but do you know what it is, what your brain and your body are trying to communicate and what that means to you? Understanding pain is one of the most important ways to get started on your pain-free path. So in this episode, we will be talking about why it's important to understand what pain is, what pain is exactly, and how your body and your brain are working together to serve you. I know what you're thinking. I feel pain. I live it every day. Why should I need to know the how or the why behind it? Well, there's actually been research done on this, showing that the more you understand pain, you actually have less pain and even more hope. Specifically, an article by Monsai Mitney, who explored the effect of pain education on chronic pain patients' expectations of recovery and pain intensity, showed that individuals who observed changes. To pain cognition and self management on receiving pain education, reported lower pain intensity and higher expectations of recovery than the counterparts who didn't perceive any changes to pain cognition and self management. So, knowledge in this case is power, and actually, it's also a treatment. This just shows. How important understanding what's going on and not being afraid of it can really impact your pain experience. So let's get down to business. What is pain exactly? According to the IASP, which is the International Association for the Study of Pain, pain is, and I quote, an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage a lot of words. What does that mean? This definition actually just got revamped and updated in 2020 for the first time since 1979. And it reflects all the advancements we've made in the last 10 or 15 years. So what does this mean to you? The biggest takeaway from this new definition is that we are now truly able to acknowledge that pain is not just a physical sensation, but also an emotional one and one that reflects not only actual tissue damage, current tissue damage, but even the potential of tissue damage. And that's huge. And that's where most chronic pain patients run into issues. So what does this mean for you? I like to break it down like this. Pain is just an alarm signal. The alarm itself or the sensation of pain, it's actually not a good thing or a bad thing. It's actually kind of a neutral thing. For instance, if you are expecting something to cause bad pain, it will most likely not be pleasant. However, there are cultures and even subsets of the population that associate pain with good things. For instance, have you ever heard of athletes say, no pain, no gain? I know for sure when I was really working out, When I was a runner and an aerialist and and a swimmer, if I wasn't sore and in some degree of pain at the end of my workout, I just felt like I didn't really do anything. There was no point in spending the last hour, hour and a half working out or it meant that I just wasn't trying hard enough. In fact, in most cases, pain is actually a good thing. For instance, when you injure yourself and you cause tissue damage, you will really want to know that you have an injury so that you stop, assess the situation, and do things to make sure you're not causing more damage, like not walking on that ankle for a couple of weeks, wrapping it, icing it, things like that. There is actually a condition called congenital insensitivity to pain, or CIP, where people cannot feel pain. It's actually a genetic condition. Unfortunately, people with this condition usually don't survive past the age of 25. Why is that? It's because when they don't have pain, they don't have the feedback mechanism telling them what not to do, what's dangerous, and when they're injured, so that when they're injured, they can protect the area and prevent things like infection or further injury to that site. So you can see pain is actually a very good thing and a very useful signal. The problem is and the problem that you're most likely dealing with if you've clicked on this video is that your pain is more likely like an oversensitive alarm system your alarm system has been turned on and instead of turning off when the threat or the tissue injury has healed it keeps on keeping on your alarm system also gets activated really easily kind of like my smoke alarm did in my college apartment i couldn't boil water without that thing going off and When your alarm system is too hypersensitive and too active, that's when you start getting caught in the cycle that is chronic pain. This is when your pain gets triggered by both physical and emotional threats and injuries. And every time it does, your alarm system gets more and more sensitive, making it continually easier and easier to set off the alarm. Another thing that happens is that every time that alarm goes off, the volume of that alarm can actually get louder and louder. In essence, basically causing more pain every time. So what do you do with all this information? The short answer is start calming down your alarm system and training your brain and your body to turn down the volume when you do have pain. So that's the next point I wanted to touch on, the brain's role in pain. For a long time in the healthcare world, we would talk about people with pain we couldn't figure out why they were having this pain and say that it's just all in their head. And obviously that has like a negative underlying connotation. The funny thing is we were kind of right, but not in the way we thought. You see, if you don't have a brain, you actually don't have pain. Pain starts just as a neutral signal from your body. We call these signals nociceptive signals. It doesn't become actual pain until your brain decides that it is so. So take this for an example. If you're walking down the street and you sprain your ankle, you would probably have pretty immediate pain as you actually have incurred some true tissue damage. However, if you sprain your ankle as you're walking down the street and then you see your ex walking down the street with their new significant other at their side, your brain might be like ankle sprain, it's not a big deal. You go get your strut on and show them what you're doing and that you're doing fabulous. So your brain's going to tamp down or delay that pain signal until your ego can kind of chill out a little bit. (laughs) The trick is though, that next block of walking might not feel very good. So that example basically shows that pain is relative to your circumstance and what's going on at the time and your brain is ultimately the decision maker in when it's beneficial for you to be experiencing pain so If you've been in chronic pain for a while, your brain has actually learned and wired itself to send pain signals more frequently for even lesser injuries. The reason why this happens though is pretty individualized and unique to every person. We found that pain is actually the result of different biological, psychological, and sociological factors. The biological factors are things such as tissue injuries, presence of stress hormones, high levels of inflammatory markers, things that are physically happening in your body. Psychological factors include things like a history of trauma, stress, anxiety, depression, and fear. Fear is a big one. Sociological factors include cultural norms and beliefs around pain. For instance, when I'm in the clinic, um, there are certain populations where, you know, people from the ages of 20 to 50 would say, no, pain is good. I like pain. Keep throwing pain at me. Um, I can take it. But that same population, once they hit their 60s, 70s, and 80s, suddenly decide that pain is a bad thing. Pain is something to be avoided at all costs and every time you have pain that means you have an injury so that is a cultural or a learned norm around pain These three factors make up what I like to call the pain pie. Everyone with chronic pain has different contributions to the pain pie. So for some people, their biological slice of the pain pie may take up like half the pie. So that's for somebody who has maybe just had surgery or has a pretty bad injury. That pain pie is going to be mostly biological. However, even though they have an actual injury, their fear around that injury the psychological component, and maybe how they've recovered from injuries in the past, that sociological component are all going to contribute to their pain experience. For other people, the psychological and sociological factors may be the majority of the pie. And this these are for people who maybe their chronic pain was triggered by a tissue injury, but then gets prolonged as their history of trauma, their stress response, their fear, their worry, all continues to prolong that pie. So the pie makeup can actually change over time as well. But that does mean that the treatment for chronic pain can never be really a one-size-fits-all solution. The beauty, though, is that once you can figure out that secret sauce, the results are pretty beautiful. For instance... I've had clients go from giving up on doing anything, from being able to take long walks on the beach, in the sand, barefoot again. This is somebody who had this chronic ankle issue, ankle and foot issue, where they couldn't even get out of bed without putting a boot on. I've had other clients go from just resigning themselves to having to monitor every movement, having to turn down doing anything fun or spontaneous and just living in fear of their next flare up to being able to just bust out some spontaneous dance moves and, you know, at home dance parties when the mood strikes. For people where we've dialed down this secret sauce, I've had clients even be able to get out of bed without having to do this crazy three-hour stretch, breathe, meditate routine for fear of having just a bad pain day. And that's just the fear of having a bad pain day. So if you are ready to change your life, get on your path to your pain-free life, head over to my website at painreliefpath.com to schedule a call with me. The first step is to just figure out where you are on this pain pie what your pain pie looks like. And then we figure out the best path forward for you. As always, if you have any questions, please drop them in the comments below. If you like this content and you thought it was helpful for you and your situation, hit that subscribe button. Thanks a lot. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening. I hope that you were able to feel empowered educated, and encouraged to find your own path to your pain-free life. If this episode resonated with you, please subscribe and tell a friend who you think would benefit from this as well. If you want more information, I'm giving away a free five-step guide to start your pain-free path. All you have to do is go sign up at painreliefpath.com forward slash five steps. Thank you for your time and looking forward to seeing you on your path.